The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Happy birthday, Colin, you old bastard. Thanks. Thank you so much. 57 years young. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe the Tigers can get you a win for a birthday gift. I would very much like that. Certainly better than anything else I got. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know I certainly haven't gotten you anything and don't intend to. <laughs> Same president last year. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's probably one of the most interesting games we're going to have of the season with less miles gone from LSU. I mean, this is probably one of the more important midweek shows we're going to have. Yeah, it's fun to play a team that's got like a rich and storied history. You know, LSU going to Death Valley. If you ever saw Everybody's All-American with uh, Dennis Quaid and John Goodman. I mean, that was all about LSU, him playing for the LSU Tigers. You don't see a lot of movies made about, uh, about uh, people playing football for the Missouri Tigers. So Right, uh, and plus there was the water boy. That was about the LSU Tigers, right? Yeah, something close to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. This is, and and you know, we've only played LSU in the entire 126 year history of the football program one time in 1978 in the Liberty Bowl. We won that sucker. Yeah, I think 20 to 15. So that's we, right. Let's keep the record perfect. You know. That's right. What do you think about the whole Les Miles situation? I think it's a dumpster fire. You know, I've never been a Les Miles fan. We discussed it last year when they were talking about coaching. Right. The coaching search and him might losing his job. I was like, I don't want Les Miles at Mizzou. And a lot of people probably think, Colin, you're crazy for saying that. But, you know, he's got this – his nickname's the Mad Hatter. Right. And, like, because he does crazy, stupid, weird things, has shit-poor clock management. And, like, those things are all good when you're getting five-star recruits and winning lots and lots of games. But that's what's happened now. It's like all of these little peccadillos he has – can't be overlooked when you're shitting down both legs and not performing at top-notch level. So he's not going to get that sort of talent at Mizzou. So all I saw was a guy who was going to come in and bring this uh, kind of schizophrenic personality to our program. And so I wanted no part of it. Sure. No, I, I mean, I remember that we, we floated that concept uh, last year. It seems, seems crazy, but here we are with a new coach, and here LSU is with a new coach. So. Yup. So Howard Richards joined us again, you know, Colin, to talk about uh, what Missouri's got ahead of him. And then a couple of LSU guys got him, Christian Boutwell and Ross Dellinger, both uh, sports writers down in Baton Rouge, talked to me about what the hell is happening down there. Because not only did they lose less miles, they lost their best defensive tackle who got arrested for some sort of a domestic disturbance charge. Um, so, you know, the defense is in disarray. The coaching staff is in disarray. And they think they're going to win. I'm not shocked by that. Yeah. I really feel like when you start getting the deep south, the LSU's, the Alabamas, and uh, of the world, they really they they they're not even aware that Mizzou is in the conference yet. Right. You know, we're in the East, and you know we're not relevant. And like I said, I'm not sure that if you ask most fans of LSU, if, if are the Missouri Tigers in the SEC East, if they would know for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and, and I mean, it's, you know, the attitude has some merit. I mean, it is very, very difficult to win in Death Valley. Not a lot of teams do that. But again, you know, if I hope they're overlooking us because that's the only time the Tigers ever seem to uh, overperform is when they're, they're completely counted out. Well, there, you know, there's certainly going to be some of that, at least in that part of the country. I don't think for us Tiger fans up north, we're completely counting them out just based on the, the way the offense has looked and the way the circumstances are at LSU. So, like I said, I don't think anybody's going to go to Vegas and put in a bunch of money on the Mizzou Tigers. But, uh, you know, I think there is some cautious optimism that if there's a time to get to beat LSU, coaching staff in disarray is probably the best time to do it. Absolutely. Well, if they if they win, it turns the whole season around and flips the SEC conference on its head. Yep. So why don't we just knock it off there? You can fill your cocksucker with birthday cake and listen to these interviews. Sounds great. All right, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now from the Daily Reveille, Christian Boutwell, the sports editor, here to tell us a little bit about uh, this LSU team we're facing on Saturday. Thanks for joining us, Christian. Hey, you bet, man. One of the things that obviously we have to talk about, the, the big elephant in the room, is the coaching situation over in Baton Rouge. Uh, Les Miles was fired after the game against Auburn this weekend. From an outsider's perspective here in Missouri, you know, obviously Les has been on the hot seat for a while, but the timing of it in September instead of at the end of last season or even late in last season, is that a shocker to anybody in uh, LSU country? Or, and frankly, they get a playoff a second sooner. Does he still have a job? I don't know what the future holds for Les Miles, but uh, this was bound to happen to LSU sometime soon. You know, you have a couple seasons where people aren't exactly pleased with a couple losses, and then you come into this year with, with promised offensive changes, with promised changes slightly throughout the entire program. And uh, to come out with two losses for the first time in September since 2000, which is a long time, back since Nick Saban was here, is something that just doesn't resonate well with the program especially going forward clearly the offense had some trouble and it didn't change very much under miles's direction so lsu thought it would be best to go forward with that without less and to see where they can go they can get in the, they can get in the coach hunt now instead of waiting till the end of the season when this was going to happen anyway so i think they wanted to kind of get a head start especially with miles and especially with getting a new coach and that new guy is at Ordron from here until the end of the season well, you talk about getting a head start, but if if this is kind of predetermined almost, why not do it between 2015 and 2016? Why go three, four games? Did, did they, do you think there was a realistic thought that he might uh, turn it around in this season? Yeah, I think the, the, the how it felt around the program was as if this was Les's first big failure was last year. With the talent he had, with you know, guys like Leonard Fournette, with that talent that he had that Les didn't reach the height of LSU's potential. And so once he had defeated Texas A&M and once everyone had rallied behind the program, LSU was put in a weird position to where they had to kind of, they felt pressured to bring Les back, which they did. And, um, but they had to do it under different circumstances. Less they had to be changes to the offense, changes to the program as a whole, which Les had promised. And 
you know, as this, the first four games that turned up this season with two losses, those promises didn't really come into action. And so LSU decided to just go a different direction because if it wasn't going to be done now, they would have had to do it later on. And that's something that I think LSU just would have rather avoided and they, so they could get a fresh start because fans around LSU country aren't exactly, uh, you know, they, they don't wait very much for for things to come about and for, uh, you know, the team to maybe get better and stuff like that. So once two losses happen in September, it's about they were ready for a time. And I guess I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LSU and Joe Lee, but the athletic director was too. I guess adding insult to injury, we find out on Monday, junior three-year starter defensive tackle Devon Godshaw, it was arrested Monday and is suspended apparently for at least this week. And so I'm just guessing, or I guess what I wanted to know is what exactly does Godshaw bring to this defense and what will be missing when the Mizzou Tigers come to town? Yeah, uh, something that Godshaw really does bring is experience. And I think that's really very crucial and the new first-year scheme under Dave Aranda. Um, so with Godshaw on the outside opposite Lewis Neal at defensive end, it, it, it's something that LSU's been nobody used to their advantage having two guys in Lewis Neal and Devon Godshaw with experience being able to play there. So with him not being there, they, they'll they'll be a little inexperienced, but not by much. He and Frank Heron, who's go, who was expected to replace Godshaw, he, he was with the first teamers yesterday at practice. It said that I mean he he was in and he was running with them the entire time. So he's been coming in games. He's been playing. Frank Heron is no. You know, he's not a new face to LSU's defensive front. And uh, so I think the LSU predominantly will be okay at that position, although Godshaw with experience is, is someone who they've really relied on thus far. Well, with the loss of a veteran player and, of course, their longtime head coach, do you have any sense of the state of this team, you know, psychologically or, or preparedness-wise going into a, a conference game against Mizzou, who, you know, is a question mark in their own right? Yeah, I think I think the big word around – you know, LSU's campus and LSU's team this week after the head coach changes, energy. The, that's what Ed Orgeron brings. He's a loud, he'll holler. 
he's got a real raspy Cajun voice, and he'll he'll holler around, and everybody. So they said everybody's been walking around, just kind of screaming and hollering. The energy's been been heightened since the change has been made. LSU feels a bit rejuvenated. They feel like they have. Uh, it's kind of a fresh start for them. So I, I, I think if, there, if there's something to put it on this week is that they feel energized, especially going against Missouri or really whoever the team would be. This LSU, I think, is focusing more on LSU this week than they are anyone else. As Ordron said, you know, he's trying to get his coaching stats together and practice plans together because this is, as he said, he wants to flip the script. And so to be able to do that in a week, I think, has to be a lot of LSU-focused things and uh you know, they'll focus on Missouri some, but this week's going to be a lot about what's going on inside that program. Certainly from Missouri's standpoint, a lot of people are talking, you know, a significant change like this can usually go one of two diff- very different directions. And so, um, I mean, I think a lot of Missouri fans looked at this game on the schedule early on and said this is, if there was one game that Missouri absolutely cannot win, it's this game in Death Valley against LSU. And I think a lot of people in Mizzou country have maybe glimmers of optimism now combined with this, with the turmoil down there and the apparent rejuvenation of our offense up here in, in Columbia. I, I guess yeah. my question for you is um, what do you think, what do you think LSU is going to do against a Missouri team that frankly, we don't know much about. They played well against bad teams and they've, they've played poorly against West Virginia and they let one get away against Georgia, but we really don't know what, this team's capable of what what do you think expectations are for uh, for LSU this week I, I think Missouri's you know their optimism coming in here is valid you know LSU's new coach they supposedly are trying to flip an offense around and make a completely different scheme in a week which you know players have said is not very easy to do as you can imagine so LSU's trying to bring in new things but I don't think that's going to affect LSU to to the to the extent I mean after all although he didn't practice yesterday uh, Leonard Fournette is still going to be there with LSU, so those guys are going to be tough to stop. But, but I think I think if, if Missouri wanted some optimism and some hope going into this weekend, I think it's valid. Um, with that being said, LSU will still be look a lot like the same LSU team. Tough defense, um, kind of power running game. You, that's the kind of coach Ed Orgeron is. And then um, we'll see what happens. I I, I truly don't know. I mean, it's going to be an interesting game to see the new face of LSU. Um, so Missouri fans have they just don't ever get down to Baton Rouge to play football. I think the the two teams have played once in 1978 in the Liberty Bowl, and um, there's a lot of excitement for Missouri fans traveling down there for the first time. Tell us a little bit about what Mizzou fans should expect uh, on their first trip to Death Valley, uh, both generally, I guess, in the atmosphere there, and specifically this week, uh, given all the all the turmoil. Um, you can expect it to be loud and probably hot in southern Louisiana. You know, other than that. It's going to be the kind of the same football. Death Valley is a and Tiger Stadium is an original place. It's unlike a lot of stadiums, especially. And I, I believe LSU's new offensive interim offensive coordinator, Steve Inspinger, was the quarterback in that '78 game against Missouri. So I think it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of different things in play this weekend, and uh, if there's a game to go to, I'd say this is one. Sounds great. Would you venture a, a score prediction for this week? Uh, without being able to tell how LSU's offense is going to be, I have to say LSU will probably still win by about 10 or so. So let's go 28-17. You know, that, that's about a roundabout answer I can give you because we really don't know what's going to happen this week with Ordron's new offense and how they're going to accept the transition and see how they, they groom and grow together. So we will see. But 28-17. So 10-point uh, victory but not taking it to Vegas just yet. Right, not, not just yet. Well, thanks for joining us, Christian. I appreciate it. Again, Christian Boutwell, The Daily Reveille. Thanks, you bet.
With us now, color analyst for the Missouri Tigers Radio, Howard Richards. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you, Brendan, for having me. Tell me, what do you think about this big weekend we've got uh, in Death Valley against LSU? Certainly a uh, uh, sort of an iconic uh, venue in, uh, in the world of college football. Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge is it's a loud uh, the crowd's very into uh, the football game, and it's a tough place to play. So, essentially, for, for Missouri, if Missouri can get in there and score a bunch of points quickly, then I, I think you have an, uh, an opportunity to really take the crowd out of the football game, and that helps you. The last thing you want is for 80,000, 90,000 people to be rooting against you, uh, especially when the home team is playing well. So, if you can do anything to sort of upset that dynamic, then you've got a much, much better chance of uh, going in there and and stealing a victory in a tough environment to play. I mean, LSU is almost impossible to beat in that environment. It'll be a a tough challenge for this Missouri team. I mean, offensively, they're playing much, much better than anyone expected them to do that. I'm going to ask you to become an armchair psychologist. What do you think that the LSU mindset is going into this game after losing their head coach and losing one of their best defensive players to an arrest? I would imagine that they're, uh, if they're honest, that there is a, a measure of uh, uncertainty. A, they're probably thinking uh, that Ogeron, yeah, he's our coach now, but will he be our coach for next year? That affects a lot of your uh, freshman class, I think. They expected Les Miles to be their coach for the next three to four or five years or whatever the case may be. He's now gone. Do they stick around? Is Ed Ogeron, does he have the same reputation as Les Miles? I mean, Les Miles is a coach that has put a lot of players uh, into the National Football League. I mean, he has a great record. You know, probably he's won two-thirds of all his football games. Actually, a little bit more than that, probably 75 77% of his football games. Uh, that's such huge in college football. Can Ed Ogeron measure up? You know, the guy has been he's, he's been a head coach at Ole Miss uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, he's been interim uh, most recently at uh, USC. Did okay there. He's from Louisiana. I mean, so that for for Louisianans that may be worth something. But it's it's a different stage, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how his players respond to what has happened. I mean, in, in some cases they could rally around him uh, and move things forward uh, and play better than ever, or they could just completely collapse because they haven't been able to put the distraction of firing a historical figure in the world of college football. If they can't put that behind them, uh, it, it may be difficult for them. One thing that Orgeron brings that Les Miles didn't is that the experience of being in a film with Sandra Bullock. So I don't know how that factors in. <laughs> Well, I would love to uh, uh, to say that I've been in a film with Sandra Bullock too. <laughs> so, <laughs> kudos to Ed. <laughs> He's feathering his cap for that one. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the big question: is how this LSU team uh, rebounds and and rallies around the new interim coach, who promises, at least in press conferences, to bring a new look a little bit to uh, to the to the offense. I, I don't know how much he can actually do that in the course of one week, and uh, given the fact that their offense is built around Leonard Fournette. And I was kind of impressed with the comments of DeMonte Cross this week when he said, you know, you, you've got to plan for the things you know. If you start planning for the unknown, then you, you plan for nothing. 
And I think that's probably a, a good way of looking at this team with with who might be bringing a lot of of changes. What's your thought process about how Missouri is going to try to contain this LSU offense? You got to look at their strength. Their strength is their running game. If, if you try to, as Demonte Cross mentioned, if you try to prepare for something that you you don't necessarily know, then you're asking for trouble. You know, you have to plan to stop their strength, much like Missouri defensively plan to stop Nick Chubb uh, at Georgia. Uh, and they were pretty successful holding Nick Chubb to about 63 yards. Uh, really took him out of the football game. He was not a factor. That said, you you still have to be solid in all of the other areas of, of the football game. You, you've got to have strong... Uh, pass rush from your defense, uh, something that has not been ideal, uh, but seemingly it's starting to pick up. Uh, guys are playing better within the scheme and grasping the concepts and applying them on the field. Uh, but, you know, they have to be better against LSU. One thing I noticed this week during the coaches' interviews with the local media is that uh, for a long time, I think, in the stands, you hear a lot of grousing about the continued heavy usage of Ish Witter when we do have a stable of backs who look bigger and, and though they're younger, um, look like they might have a higher ceiling. And I finally saw some of the media asking those questions to um, Josh Heupel and his staff, and they seem to indicate the big thing that Ish Witter brings is consistency uh, understanding of the plays and one thing that really struck me because it wasn't a factor that I really thought of although I probably should have is that he's been the most reliable as far as hanging onto the football considering this is a team that has coughed it up quite a few times so what are your thoughts about how much ish is being used and how much is maybe appropriate given the the uh, development of some of these other running backs Experienced players are something that your team, any team, really needs to have. And I think that is exactly what the Tigers are faced with. They certainly have a lot of you know, talented, extremely talented young players. Demarie Crockett, uh, Nate Strong, and certainly Alex Ross. But, you know, Ross has been hurt. He may be able to play more this coming weekend. Strong has got a leg injury that uh, kept him out of the football game on Saturday. Crockett is coming on, but again, he's, he's just a freshman. But that's where a guy like Ish Witter, who has had a lot of experience in the college game, uh, he's consistent, he, he knows the offense, he's able to adjust more quickly to the speed of the game. Uh, although he may not be the most talented, but you offensively and, and really defensively, you want your most consistent players that have the best grasp of what you're trying to do offensively and defensively on the football field. Those other guys will catch up. Uh, they don't necessarily catch up right away. Uh, the, the Missouri offense especially has a lot of moving parts to it. So it's a lot for a young player to, to pick up being, you know, one year removed from high school. So it'll, it'll come. But it's nice to be able to have a dependable runner like uh, Ish Twitter to be able to carry the load. But, you know, Missouri has a lot to look forward to with its uh, staple of young backs. Before I let you go, uh, I'm going to ask you to give us your prediction on how do you think things might turn out down in uh, Baton Rouge this week and how do you think the Missouri Tigers will will do? I never predict scores or anything like that. I know. I I always ask you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, What I will say, though, is harping upon the point that if 
offensively, this team comes out and doesn't make mistakes. I mean, doesn't turn the football over. Does not commit uh, silly penalties. Does not get distracted or get too uh, caught up in the moment of playing uh, in Death Valley. Then I think that you can expect a, you know, this this will be a uh, a much better football game than than people think. It's not. I don't think this by any chance is going to be a runaway by LSU. I just don't believe that at all. But for Missouri to win, they've got to play uh, a solid football game. Well, Howard, thanks for joining us again, and have a good trip down there to uh, Baton Rouge this weekend, and hope you get to see a Tiger win. You're certainly going to see a Tiger win, but I hope you see a Mizzou win. <laughs> we want to see a, a black and gold Tiger win. There you I, go. I've never even, there's no purple Tigers running around in this world, right? <laughs> That's black right. and gold Tigers prevail. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you, Howard. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> I have a pen, I have an apple, uh, apple pen, I have a pen, I have pineapple, uh, pineapple pen, apple pen, pineapple pen, uh, pen pineapple, apple pen. With us now from the Advocate in Baton Rouge, Ross Dellinger, the LSU football reporter. Thanks for joining us, Ross. Sure. I guess the big the big question everybody has here in Mizzou, as well as around the college football nation, I guess, is uh, what is LSU going to do in the wake of the firing of Les Miles? I think from an outsider's perspective, we were a little bit surprised at the timing of it, I guess, despite the, uh, the gut punch of a loss against Auburn. Uh, the question I have is, we all knew he was on the hot seat, but if he was he was so close to being fired, why not do it at the end of 2015? Why do it so early in 2016? Can you help us understand the timing of that decision? Yeah, you know, uh, the athletic director Joe Oliva actually met with our columnist uh, Monday to kind of kind of explain that a little bit. He said it gives LSU a head start on on finding the new coach. Obviously, um, I think that's one reason. I, I think the other reason is. You know, the program through the first four games, the team just didn't didn't look uh, a lot like anything had changed over the offseason. And, uh, you know, Les Miles had preached over the offseason that LSU's offense would change and be better and, and uh, would maybe spread it out more and certainly through the passing game would be more productive. And that just didn't seem to happen, you know. And, and I think LSU was the only Power 5 conference team to – not have scored yet in the fourth quarter of a game. And I, I think Joe Oliva said, thought this was an opportunity. You know, when you when you look at the rest of the season, I think he figured this was just going to be one of those, you know, eight and four-ish kind of years. And I believe he, he probably thought that if he made a change now, maybe he can some way salvage the season, re-energize the team with Ed Orgeron and give a guy who I, I know Joe Oliva likes and respects in Orgeron kind of an audition, you know, for the full-time job. Is it safe to say that if uh, LSU gets that last playoff a second sooner or if the play isn't uh, reviewed, Les Miles still has a job this week? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they don't they don't fire him um, if he if they win a road game at Auburn. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it, it would just be putting off probably the inevitable. Um, you know, after seeing this team through the first four games, they just 
struggle so much that you would expect at some point down the way they're never going to lose at least one, if not two or three games. And at some point, Joe Lee was going to pull the trigger. So it was kind of just inevitable. And uh, but I, but I do think you know Les would still be the coach if, if they had won that game. And um, you know they would they would have just made the decision. You know, if they lost to Missouri or if they lost to Florida, probably they would have just made the decision then. Obviously, the the other big news that that came about Monday, you'd reported that Devon Godshaw, the uh, defensive tackle, had been arrested and then since suspended. And uh, this is a a good LSU defense, despite all the turmoil going on down there. Uh, What kind of impact does his departure, or at least temporary departure, have for this LSU defense? Well, he's a starter. He's um, he starts at defensive end and um you know he's a guy they rely on he he started for 26 uh i think i think he's got 26 starts on his uh on his resume and uh, he, he started as a true freshman he's a junior now so he's he's a pretty important piece now he's lsu likes to substitute and rotate its front three or four guys really it's front yeah front five guys and, and so he's one of those that kind of rotates and he doesn't play every snap but he probably pays two thirds to about half of the time. So, you know, he's a guy again with, with veteran experience, very athletic guy, very been very successful, high up, I think, on a lot of people's draft boards um, as a potential, you know, NFL player. So he, he's somewhat significant to LSU, and you know, uh, you know, you, you hear that these charges which he was charged with are, are going to maybe eventually be dropped, but until that happens officially, I, you know, I don't, I don't see him rejoining the team. With all the changes going on over the course of the last week, Missouri fans who I think opening this season looking at the schedule scene LSU in Baton Rouge and Death Valley thought it was a surefire loss are now getting small, cautiously optimistic blossoms of hope for possibly being able to do something while down there on Saturday. Do you think uh, those small blossoms of hope are are justifiable or what are your expectations uh, when Missouri comes to town? You can look at it in two ways. One way would be, you know, Les Miles were still the coach at LSU. They were just struggling offensively to, to score points. I know Missouri scores points pretty well, and they've got an offense that's had some success this year. Or you can look at it like, well, Les Miles was still here. There would be more structure and, and I guess, less changing. So LSU would, would maybe be in a better position, I guess. Um, but I think a lot of people around here actually look at it like, uh, you know, Warriors Run is re-energizing LSU, and it's not going to be the same old stuff. And and so it gives them an advantage uh, that he's kind of uh, shocked, putting some shocks into the program, changing a lot of stuff. But, you know, you, you can look at it uh, two ways, you know. And uh, I just think if Les was still the coach, you know, you would see that that's a struggling team who who couldn't score points, and, and uh, especially late in the game. And, and so I think... LSU's in a little better position right now with a guy who's making some changes and kind of electrifying the program a little bit. But no doubt that Missouri should feel comfortable. Missouri fans should feel comfortable, uh, certainly more comfortable than they felt before the season. LSU's ranked number five in the nation, and you know here they are limping around on offense and two and two with an interim coach. I think besides the, the the stuff we've talked about already, one of the things that's pleasantly surprised Missouri fans has been the offense. Although uh, Georgia doesn't look, after the, the Ole Miss game, doesn't look as strong as we thought they might be either. 
Mizzou does look capable of putting up points, and then defensively, where their strength lies is in uh, run defense, and of course that's a big challenge with the, one of the best running backs in the nation with Fournette. But as far as matchups are concerned, I think that's another reason Mizzou thinks that I don't know it, an upset might be possible, but 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 definitely it would still be an upset. I mean, I don't think anybody's going in there expecting a win. So, have much thought about about the way this Missouri team matches up despite uh, the change of coaches and those sorts of things? Yeah, I've just been, you know, I mean, I used to be up there and cover Missouri, but obviously it's, uh, it's a lot different than, than when I covered the team in 2012 and 2013. But uh, and, and with all the news the last couple of days, I haven't had a, a chance to really watch any Mizzou or, or read about them. But, you know, I know they, they're in a better position than probably a lot of people thought in the year, especially as you mentioned with the offense. You know, it's it's – with, with the re-energizing kind of the program and Orgeron taking over, there's probably going to be a, the atmosphere at Tiger Stadium is not going to be probably what it would be. You know, it's probably going to be a little rowdier. I think that fans are going to come out and be a little. It's going to be a little more full. You know, and it's 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 a night game, and you know, it's loud, and you know, Missouri with the play calls and audibles and things like that are really tough. And you know, I think it it's going to be tough for Missouri to win on the road, but. Gosh, I just, I don't, you know, I saw the spread, I think, was open at 14 points, which I just think is insane. And I thought that the spread when LSU uh, played Mississippi State was also insane. It opened about the same, 15 or 16 points. It's just way too high, and that game ended up being a three-point game. I just I just think the same thing here. I, I can't imagine it being a blowout either way. I, I can't imagine LSU blowing out Missouri, so. I do expect a close game. Uh, can you give us a prediction for Saturday? Gosh, I haven't even thought about it, but I, I, mean, <laughs> I would guess that um, I guess LSU ekes it out. You know, um, you know, by whether it's a, a last-minute field goal or a last-minute touchdown or something like that. You know, I could see Missouri winning the game, especially the way they've they played over the last couple games. Well, I, I appreciate you joining us, Ross Dellinger from The Advocate down there in Baton Rouge to give us a little insight on what's been going on in LSU in a very, very busy week. So thanks again. Yeah, no problem. Well, you get down the fiddle and you get down the bow. Kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor. Dance in the kitchen till the morning light. Louisiana Saturday night. Waiting in the front yard sitting. This is not an ordinary teabag. It's a Louisiana iced tea tea bag. Louisiana specially blended for iced tea. You brew it up, and when you pour Louisiana over ice, it comes alive, bursting with great iced tea flavor. Ah, Louisiana, the only tea specially blended to give you refreshing iced tea every time. Louisiana, the right tea for iced tea. Goodbye, Joe, me gotta go, me oh my oh. Me gotta go pull the P-Ro down the bio My Yvonne, the sweetest one, me oh my oh Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio Jumbo line, a crawfish pie, a filet gumbo So there you have it, Colin. I don't think uh, anybody's picking the Missouri Tigers down there in Baton Rouge to win this game. That's not surprising. Yeah. Even if the team was uh, world beaters right now, I don't think you're going to get the L- the dyed in the wool LSU fan to ever think that the Missouri team could beat them, uh, even in their worst season. So uh, that's just part of the the culture of that 
the deep southern teams that have had so much success over the years. Yeah, perhaps more surprising than that for me was the fact that both the guys from from Baton Rouge didn't think it was that unusual or that bizarre to fire Les Miles four games into the 2016 season. And I just no, that's that's a, that's completely unusual. Just just you know that's yeah that doesn't happen a lot. Well, it just I mean it, to me it, it, you're throwing away your 2016 season. Not saying that Ed Orgeron can't succeed down there, but you know you have to think that the LSU players have some affinity for Les Miles, and it's going to affect them negatively in some way. And if they really thought it was like a foregone conclusion that he was going to go, you should have never retained him for 2016 in the first place. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. I was, I think it was, I was Dennis Daw that I heard on the radio you know, talking about one of the theor- theories that was kind of almost substantiated by several uh, folks around the program was that they did not want to give Les Miles a opportunity to reclimate the season before they could get him fired. Right. So you know they that you know, they just he kind of did that last year. They kind of turned the season around and started winning a little bit. And, and they, they were forced to keep him. To have that opportunity again. Well, but I mean, if that's the way you feel about a coach, then you should not rehire him. You should not resign him. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. You're just spinning your wheels. It's, it is an asinine way to manage your football team, and it's just reactionary. You know, it's like a, it's like you or me running a college football program. Well, LSU knows they're you know they're a blue chip program. They can afford to pay the big bucks, and they're going to go after the, the, the Tom Hermans and, and uh, of the world and hopefully bring them in. Jimbo Fisher is another name I keep hearing to steal him away from Florida State. So where Missouri fires a coach and everybody's a little bit on pins and needles, who are we going to get? Who's not going to look at us as a stepping stone program? With LSU being a destination job, I, I don't think they fret firing a coach like Ella, or Les Miles the way we would. Yeah, I, I get that. But the fact of the matter is Paul Bear Bryant had a couple bad seasons. And – you know, Les Miles is a guy who won them a national championship, an SEC championship. I know, like, Brennan, I know, but this guy is a frustrating guy to watch. He's a frustrating guy to be your head coach. He wins a lot, but he does so many inexplicable things. It's it's a hard pill to swallow a lot of times, and uh, that's that, you know, I mean, it, with Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant was uh, pretty conventional, and um, you know, so I don't know. I I think he's the kind of coach that people are almost don't love for his coaching but he's winning so what are you gonna argue with right but then he starts losing it's like oh fuck this guy (laughs) so uh and all of his all of his you know strange coaching decisions so forget it you know let's just find somebody better where else you can go get anybody we want well i guess maybe part of my bafflement is the fact that they're now going to ed ogeron who it looks like this is his trial for the full-time position which is just Typical SEC Deep South mentality. Going to no another retread. Wants to hire Ed Ogeron. Just another retread from the SEC days who didn't do well. You know, it's like hiring Will yeah, Muschamp again. They're not going to hire Ogeron. He was he was a turd burger. He's not going to be anything but a turd burger. They're going to go get the best coach in the country that they can get. You know, what I mean, they're going to have competition to hire the you know the Tom Hermans of the world but they're not going to give it to Ogeron. They're, they're the only the only way they're pumping that line is just so Ed Ogeron feels appreciated. But, you know, no no way, not a chance. Well, and if he doesn't get the job, he's still got a sag card and go back to acting. Yeah, there you go. All right, Colin, how are you going to spend your Saturday night watching the uh, LSU Missouri game? Oh, you know, the same way I do every game. I'll smoke a lot of peyote and drink a lot of absinthe and uh uh, watch a watch a quality football game. I'm hoping it'll be a quality football game. I just want to thank our listeners for giving us a listen. 
this midweek show and uh, root on the Tigers to victory and follow us on the Twitter box at Mazodcast and give us a review on iTunes if you wouldn't mind. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Till Saturday, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. You can fill your cocksucker with birthday cake. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.